Up in the morning at the crack of dawn Down to the kitchen with my long johns on Get out the skillet, put the flapjacks on I'm a-going fishing Take a deep breath of the morning air It'll chase your worries and lose your cares Grab your rod and I'll meet you there I'm a-going fishing Jeff Perrin has owned the Fly Fisher's Place in Sisters, Oregon since 1991. He has fished the rivers and lakes of Central Oregon for much longer than that, and he knows a thing or two about fly fishing. His weekly fishing report at flyfishersplace.com are the best in Central Oregon. In this edition of Fishing with Jeff, we'll talk about Central Oregon's Crooked River. Jeff Perrin, welcome to the Radical Songbook. Good to be back, Michael. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you. So we're recording this on February 13th, 2023. Last year, you um, you were among many fly fishers, river enthusiasts, environmentalists who raised concerns about what was happening with the Crooked River when a decision was made to severely reduce the flow out of the Prineville Reservoir. Can you um, Can you refresh our memories and remind us how that decision was made and by who and what the flow was reduced to, how low it was, how it impacted the river back then? So, you know, one of the, one of the things that, that had, uh, that had happened is that I think um, the, the Bureau of Reclamation runs Bowman Dam and um, um, they uh, operate Bowman Dam um, almost entirely for uh, irrigation purposes. Although, uh, one could argue that uh, there's some flood control and, and now um, other uh, commerce uh, uses, uh, such as providing uh, water down to Prineville for data centers uh, operated by Facebook and Apple. But uh, but the decision ultimately, um, you know, uh, comes down to the Bureau of Reclamation, uh, which does have an office in Bend, Oregon, uh, but uh, I, I think they're their headquarters are in Boise, Idaho, for the region, um, and um, and so you know the long story short is is that you know they they saw you know dwindling uh, reservoir levels over the past few years, and that that has an awful lot to do with precipitation, Michael, but not entirely. The dwindling water levels in the reservoir. Um, have a lot to do with with climate and you know less precipitation in the Ochicos, um, you know winter snowpack and spring rains and summer thunderstorms and and that sort of thing. But uh, but it's not entirely um, to blame um, for for the problems in the Crooked River right now. I think we can we can kind of point our finger at uh, a, a few things that have added up to make that worse. So how low did the flow go during the um it was it was basically in the late summer, right? Yeah, yeah. So um so we kind of kept an eye on it. Um if anybody reads my fishing reports, um you know that we started talking about, you know, the the probability, the high likelihood and then the inevitability of the Crooked River being lowered to um 10 cubic feet per second um, sometime in, in the late summer or early fall. And uh, I'm trying to remember the exact date that it happened, but it was sometime um, in early to mid-September, I believe. It was uh, 
quite low for about seven or eight weeks um, and then uh, bumped up to um, its current flow to meet some um, environmental water law regulations uh, that, that are required at the end of irrigation season, which um, they call the end of irrigation uh, season October 15th. So um, some sometime around the 15th of October, uh, they started to, to release more water um, out of Bowman Dam and the river, you know, came back up. But at its low point, um, they said that it was going to go to 10 CFS, but I, I was tracking and I, I don't re ever remember seeing it actually at 10. It was most mostly a very generous 11 or 12 CFS, and I, I do say that facetiously, um, one or two CFS extra um, compared to 10 CFS isn't going to make a a bit of difference for the health of the river, but it, but it, it it did run just a little bit more than 10 CFS, and and so that's you know that's kind of a devastating loss to um, to the riparian area. Um, certainly a devastating loss to a lot of the you know the weed beds that were exposed that um, harbor you know the homes of all the aquatic insects, mayflies, midges, caddis, craneflies, scuds. Um, and leeches and you know many many other things besides that uh, that live in in those uh, in those places that ultimately ended up you know drying up and and remain dry for for weeks on end so um, so it was it was pretty bad um, and uh, I you know I I, I got to tell you as as bad as it was we've seen it worse um, and we've seen the Crook River have some you know, bounce back um, from from it being worse. But those are different times. I mean, that was, you know, 20, 30 years ago, um, the last time it was this bad. And, you know, we're, I think we're seeing accelerated climate change and, and, um, and you know, how, how well it will bounce back from this event is only time will tell. But I'm, you know, I have some optimism for, for, a couple of reasons, and I and I have some negativity for other reasons, and um, I think that they're both valid. And you know, nobody knows for sure. Uh, I I know that there there could be some fixes down the road on uh, you know trying to get this thing so that it doesn't end up as bad as it ended up this time. Um, but but boy, that's going to take a lot of dollars and a lot of work and a lot of cooperation. Um, and uh, I think it's it's years down the road still. What would you like to see happen? I can tell you that nothing is going to happen at, in this next year in terms of, you know, water management policy, um, you know, changes in the, in the Senate bill. I think it was Merkley's bill um, that I, I frankly makes that partially to blame in terms of how you know, how they turned the Crooked River into, you know, a, a site for, you know, they, they took the dam out of, out of the wild and scenic area and potentially they're going to put in hydroelectric and, and now they can, you know, they can uh, lower the, the reservoir um, more than they used to be able to. And they, um, you know, there's just a lot, there's just a lot of things that, that I don't know everything about it, but I can tell you that, the Merkley bill uh, that I can't remember how old it is, but it, it seems to me that it's eight or nine years old now um, um, was really contentious. There were a lot of 
you know, Crooked River diehards that were very against it. Um, ultimately, um, you know, the, the Fly Club and Bend uh, kind of signed on it, not that they had the final say, but they, you know, they decided that it was probably in the best interest for the, for the Crooked River. Um, but I think that, you know, that bill has kind of come back and, and, uh, and bitten us right in the butt. Um, and, and that they would have held back more water and stored more water for a longer, um, and not used it for other reasons like cooling data centers and, you know, that sort of thing. Um, so I guess, you know, I guess if, if, you know, if you look at the long run, what needs to happen is they got to probably figure out how, how to fix that bill, uh, so that there's more, you know, more reason, um, for storing water. Um, I think that the other thing that needs to be done is what needs to be done in, in all St. Oregon irrigation districts. And that's modernize the way that you get the, the water to the patrons, to the, to the farmers, ranchers and farmers are, are using water and, and, you know, they have water rights. They have a right to do that. Um, but we would sure like to see that water being, you know, used, sent through the system in a more modern way. I mean, we're, we're, we're sending it through ditches in some cases that are 50 or 100 years old um, that are unlined and, and totally open ditches. There's a lot of evaporation. More so, there's, there's a lot of seepage. Um, and if those, you know, irrigation ditches were piped and pressurized, it would make a huge difference in saving water and getting water more efficiently to all the farms and ranches um, and leave water up in the reservoir to be used year over year. Um, and with that, we would have more water going down the Crooked River, which would be great for for the fish, which, you know, which have suffered the most. Fish and, and aquatic invertebrates have suffered the most. Um, you know, certainly farmers and, and ranchers out there are suffering an awful lot too, but you know, I think the blame the blame lies in the fact that, you know, our irrigation districts and our governments have not really stepped up to the plate to make investments into saving water in the West. Um and and that's it's a bad it's a bad thing and we're paying for it big time now and we better we better get on the ball here really quick and, and figure out how to um you know start start doing that in the in the Ochicos too. You know, I think we're seeing that more and more in Bend, right? Um, you know, here in Sisters, the Three Sisters Irrigation District has piped and pressurized, I think, nearly 100% of their canal system now. And, you know, the, the Weiches Creek used to run dry in the summertime, and, and now it runs, you know, 30 CFS in the, in the heart of the summer, um, which is terrific. And, you know, I think they could do something similar out in, in, in Prineville and, and, uh, and save a lot of water and, and have the Crooked River be in a lot healthier uh, position than it is now. And so you'll be advocating for some of that, I assume, during the course of the, this next fishing season. For sure. I mean, I'm always advocating for things that are good for trout rivers, you know, which is one of the reasons that I'm on the board at Water Watch and, and support other organizations, too. Um, like the um, Deschutes River Alliance and the Deschutes River Conservancy and and um, and and many others, you know. Uh, but that 
you know, that, uh, that advocacy, I think, is really important for all of us to kind of get behind, learn, learn more about it, um, learn about the, the, the ways that we can help a river. And sometimes that's about some financial contributions, and sometimes it's about volunteering, and sometimes it's just about maybe writing some letters and going to some meetings and, and being involved. So all of those organizations that you mentioned are places that uh, our listeners could connect to um, if they wanted to be river advocates, to be able to stay informed and to know when and where to take action. Yes. Is there anything more that you want to add? Oregon Department of Fish and Wildlife, the BLM, uh, the Confederated Tribes of the Warm Springs, and Trout Unlimited, and probably a few other Groups, but I think they were the main sources of um, of this collaborative effort. You know, they removed um, a dam, a weir dam on the Crooked River. Seems like it was about nine years ago, maybe eight or nine years ago. It was a pretty big deal, and and it's one of the reasons that I remain a little bit optimistic that the area of the Crooked River, which we all love to fly fish, which is the, you know, eight or nine miles right below Bowman Dam, um, is is going to bounce back a little bit better this time than um, than when it was so low before. I did a little research. I looked at every single day from when that dam was built, and I can't remember exactly when that was, but I, I want to say it was in 1940-something. It might have been 50-something, uh, Arthur Bowman Dam. And you can go to a Bureau of Reclamation site and take a look at um, daily flows for uh, for that. And it's, it's very interesting to see uh, the really, really big fluctuations. I mean, there were uh, days that, um, you know, for a couple of years, we had some bad droughts in the in the '90s and early 2000s, and there were um, there were days that the Crooked River ran, you know, seven CFS for uh, prolonged periods of time, including throughout the winter time. There were also years that the Crooked River went to nearly 3,000 CFS um, coming out of the dam and and was in flood stage for quite a while during the springtime. Um, so one of the one of the things that that we used to see, you know, being a kind of a longtime Crooked River angler, as a stream that I grew up fishing and and have enjoyed since well before it was even well known. Um, you know, I remember those years when the Crooked River was running so low, and and I remember it, you know, kind of bouncing back the you know the following year or two. Um, the fish were usually quite quite a bit smaller after those events. You didn't see too many big ones for a couple, two or three years afterwards, but there were plenty of them. And I think that's tribute to the to the massive amount of food that comes, you know, through through that system out of the reservoir and, and in the Crooked River. It's a very rich, you know, food source environment there for, for those fish. But back then there used to be a, a, this weir dam at mile plus nine, which was essentially an entire blockage for the fish moving upstream or downstream. So fish that may have been trying to escape, you know, 7 CFS or 10 CFS or 20 CFS that wanted to swim downstream and get into some of those deeper, you know, warmer pools in the wintertime uh, that they could, you know, get out of the 
the freezing water and the really shallow freezing water, uh, they could they could not swim all the way down to get to those places and to take refuge. And now they have passage to go all the way to Lake Galishinook, uh almost, except for there's a little dam at Opal, Opal Springs, but they can get all the way down to there and use that whole area through the Crook River Canyon by Smith Rocks and, and down to Opal Springs. And they have lots and lots of area to migrate back and forth. And so I do think that when the Crooked River does have more water in it, they're releasing a more steady and stable flow out of Bowman Dam. Um, you know, fish downstream realize uh, where the flow is coming from, whether it's by a scent or a feel or food coming at them in the conveyor belt of, of a current, you know, a river current. They They know that they have opportunity uh, to, to go upstream. And I think that, I think that there's a good chance that we'll see a lot of fish kind of, you know, start to come back to the Crooked River as soon as we have a more stable flow. What's, what, what it's going to take to get stable flow at this time with no other changes is a couple of really great winters to fill up that reservoir. And we need an atmospheric river like California had in, in, uh, in December and early January. We need something like that to, hit Oregon for a week or two and, and really change the the dynamics and, and stuff of, of where our snowpack and water levels are in, in the reservoirs. Gone fishing, gone fishing, gone fishing today. Gone fishing, gone fishing, gone fishing, gone fishing, my troubles away.